You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Welcome to Dental Talk. I'm Dr. Phil Klein. Understanding the steps to create durable, long-lasting composites is a prerequisite for doing successful reconstruction cases. Today, we'll be talking about advanced adhesion techniques such as immediate dentin sealing, resin coating, and stress-reduced layering. Getting a handle on all this enables us to create strong, durable bonds that protect the pulp and give us peace of mind with our reconstruction cases. Our guest is Dr. Jeffrey Hoos, a world-renowned practitioner and author who has developed a broad array of innovative dental technologies, including the patented H&H cordless impression method. Dr. Hoos, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk. Well, Dr. Klein, thanks so very much. I really appreciate being here. So to begin, tell us how long you've been doing adhesion dentistry in your practice. I have to laugh to myself. I was doing another seminar quite recently, and someone said to me, how long have you been at this game? And I said, you know, when I started in 1979, it only seemed a few short years ago. But what I would say is that I've been very fortunate having grown up in the golden age of dentistry. In 1975, when I entered dental school and the concept of dentin bonding was introduced, the very famous quote was, the only people that will ever be happy with that are the endodontists because (laughs) you cannot put acid on teeth and it will kill the pulp. And of course, through the work of Ray Buterlati, bringing the Fusiyama technique back from Japan, um, it really opened up the whole world of dentinal bonding. And unfortunately, even today, there are people who talk about dentinal bonding doesn't work. And it's just not true. The literature clearly shows that dentin bonding works. We have to use the right techniques and the right methods. As I said, I've been very fortunate to be in the golden age of dentistry. I've been doing adhesive dentistry for an extremely long time because when I was at Tufts, um, one of the deans had actually talked to Bertolotti and was talking about dentinal bonding. And the staff at the time was just totally against it. I think that we're so fortunate to understand that having the right balance, and I speak about this all the time, the balancing the art, science, and business of dentistry, we all wanna do beautiful restorations, but it has to be good and based on good science, on great science, because what's bad business is when things don't last. So I've been doing adhesive dentistry since 1979 in one form or another. What do you say to people when they say dentin bonding works initially, but it degrades over time and and the bond doesn't hold up? And my response to that is it's just not true. The literature doesn't show that. The deep literature doesn't show that. People talk about transducation. They talk about dentinal weeping. I will tell you, um, I did a non-published study, or I should say published in a non-peer-reviewed journal. So people could say that it's not worth much. But when Total Edge Technique was first introduced, putting phosphoric acid on teeth and opening dentinal tubules completely, we all know that there was a lot of post-operative sensitivity because the dentinal tubules weren't sealed unless you used a really good technique. Now, I am not suggesting for a moment that Total Edge does not work. Of course, Total Etch works, but it is extremely technique sensitive. What I call sort of partial etch is that the tubules are not completely open, the smear layer is removed, and the 
initial agent seeps into the tubules along with parts of the denatured smear layer. So therefore, the issue of postoperative sensitivity is completely eliminated. Mm-hmm. I don't even think about postoperative sensitivity in any way. Actually, I wanted to move on to this next question, which is related to what you're saying. And that is, number one, give us some tips on doing direct composites correctly. And in that, specifically address the part about sealing dentin and protecting the pulp. Okay. Many, many years ago, I was sealing dentin because it just seemed to be a good idea. Um, And I happened to be very fortunate in that I showed a case to Dan Clementino, and he said to me, you got to show this to Bertolotti. And when Bertolotti saw it, he goes, you got to lecture about it and you got to talk about it. And so what I was doing was I was using Protect Bond on Denton to cut down post-operative sensitivity underneath my temporaries because it just seemed like to be, it seemed to be a very good idea. And then what was happening is I was removing my temporaries and of course, using a non-eugenol-based temporary cement, patients weren't complaining about sensitivity when I took off the temporaries. So sort of a light bulb went off and I realized, wait a second, what I'm doing is I'm closing down the tubules. And so taking and using SE Protect, which was, I'm gonna call it in the yellow bottles, versus protect bond in the blue bottles, what you're doing is you're sealing the dentin so that you cannot get that stimuli down into the pulp through the dental tubules. So let's pretend for a moment that we're doing just a class two restoration. And of course, you need to make sure that you're isolating that tooth. You can't have saliva contaminating the tooth. And I will politely say, I use a rubber dam, but I'm not going to say that I'm a consistent rubber dam user. In fact, I many times call it the dam rubber dam. I like isolate and I like making sure that I'm using methods that make sure I don't have any contamination. And what's interesting is that one of the techniques that I used for a long time was raising the box above the gingiva. And Pascal Manier now talks about the same technique. And I'm not suggesting I was doing it before him, but I am a little bit older. And so when you get a band down below the box and you're making sure there's no weeping of any kind, and you sometimes have to use Traxident, you can use Traxident in the base of the box, rinse it out thoroughly to make sure there's no weeping, apply your bonding agent correctly, making sure that you're using step one, rubbing it on the appropriate amount of time, uh, blowing it dry or blowing it back, making sure that your syringe doesn't have any water in it. You know, it's amazing to me that people who have oil compressors don't recognize that they have oil in their lines. A good technique or a good thing to try is if you take a cold glass slab and you blow your air syringe on it and you see moisture, you know that your syringe has contamination of water. And everyone goes, well, no, it doesn't. I go, okay, are you sure it doesn't? So you can't have air, you can't have water contamination, you can't have saliva contamination. And then you put down your second bonding agent. And for me, I don't blow it away, I wick it away. I use a micro brush, I touch it onto the box, I then put it on the patient's napkin, I do that again, and then I light cure. 
Now, it sounds crazy. You have to have a good bonding light. And it's important that you test your bonding light because if you don't have good isolation, you don't have a good bonding light, well, there's two mistakes. It's so interesting to me. Sometimes I'll get an email and someone say, I do everything you said, would you give me a call? So I go, okay. So I call the person and I said, describe what you're doing. And they go, well, I apply the first agent or I mix the first agent with the second agent and I apply it to the tooth. And I go, wait a second. You have to read the instructions. This is a two-step technique. Now, Curari has introduced another product called Quick, which is an, an excellent product, which is a one-step technique. But again, isolation, making sure that everything is dry and clean. Um, then what I do... And by the way, that's, that's, clear, I, that's clear fill universal bond quick. Is that what you're talking about from Curari? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so what I do then is I like to apply a thin layer of Majesty Flow at my box, and then I cure it, and then I apply my Curare composite. And of course, if you're doing a class two, you have to make sure that you have a good tight contact. So whether you choose to use a garrison uh, matrix system, or I use a thing called a contact pro that allows me to push against the other tooth and cure through it and then you do an incremental buildup. I am totally against doing bulk fill. I understand that it works. It doesn't seem to me to work well. Why is um, that? I build what, it up what because I think there's just, I think because of the shrinkage. And we know that if we're not careful, we can get a phenomenon called C factors, that we're getting a pull on the dentin and we're getting a pull on the cusp tips and that can also create post-operative sensitivity. When you finish your restoration and the patient calls you and says, I'm having discomfort, and you bring them into your office and you go, well, it must be the occlusion. And if you blow some air into proximally and it hurts them, you know you don't have a good dentinal seal. If they tell you they eat something sweet and it hurts them, you know you don't have a good dentinal seal. If they tell you it hurts them when they're biting down on it and you look at the occlusion, and of course, remember when you check occlusion and you use articulating paper, there's something else you need to use on the articulating paper. It's called Vaseline because that eliminates the smudges of the articulating paper. And so you have them bite together and make sure that you have them go to the non-working side as well as the working side. And you look at it and you go, I don't see any occlusal interferences here. What's happened is you've encroached upon the C factors. Why is bulk fill becoming so popular and they even market the bulk fill materials as, as somewhat stress reducing by doing it in one layer? You're saying that the stress reducing that you're achieving is due to the actual layering itself. So two opposite thoughts there. Correct. And I really, to tell you the truth, I can't speak against bulk fill. I don't have the ability to speak against it. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I will tell you, I'm a little bit of a tinkerer. Take a carpule of lidocaine and empty it out. Put composite in the lidocaine cartridge. Light cure it. Put it in some red dye. See what happens. Take any composite you'd like to do and try it and see what happens. Now, you're not using a bonding agent there. I agree. But um, when you talk to someone like David Alleman or Della Perry, Everyone is talking about incremental buildups. I'm not going to speak against bulk fill. 
It's just in my hands, it doesn't make sense. Now, I believe that people are using it because it's fast. You've just finished a class two preparation. You have the tooth isolated. Could you go over the steps, exactly the steps real fast? And then we'll go on to another question I want to ask you. Uh, about applying you mean the steps of doing the proce- the steps of doing the procedure. Yeah, all the way up to the composite. So what you've done is you've isolated it, making sure there's no moisture. You apply your binding agent, reading the instructions. Again, I use a thin layer of Curare flowable. I make sure I use a little um, perio probe, and I make sure it's adapted well to the wall, adapted well to the box. I light cure it. And then I incrementally build it up. I build up the box. I use a contact pro to make sure I have a good contact. I will put some on the occlusal aspect of that and light cure both simultaneously. I then build the walls, light cure, and then fill in the interproximal. What category of bonding agent would that be considered? The uh, clear fill universal bond quick. What is that considered? I guess it's a third generation. That handles the dentin sealing step. That handles the dentinal sealing. And a very important aspect that people talk about is they say, well, how did you etch the enamel? How did you etch the enamel? The bonding agent doesn't etch the enamel, and that's totally not true. What happens is when you put a burr on the enamel and you break the prismatic layer, the, the bonding agent absolutely etches the enamel. So it's not a question of that breakdown of the enamel. This is important. When you see a staining at the cable surface margin at the enamel, that means one of two things. You've not eliminated the stress or you haven't prepared the enamel correctly. So by eliminating the stress, that's the layering technique. Correct. So if you haven't eliminated the stress, you're getting shrinkage. So therefore, the stain is showing up at the cable surface margin. And what was the other reason? And you need to break the prismatic layer on the enamel. As soon as you put a burr on it, you break down the prismatic layer. Okay. So if the prismatic layer is not broken down, that means you didn't prepare that part of the tooth. Correct. And that's where the stain is showing up because it was unprepared. Correct. Okay. Correct. I mean, the perfect example that those of us who have done class fives, on, you know, of course, all the margins of my crowns are all perfect, you know. Uh, <laughs> um, if you if you have a class five that occurs around a crown and you prepare that, and no matter what you do to the porcelain, the patient comes back and you see this brown stain line against the porcelain and the composite. What is that? That's the lack of bond of the porcelain to the composite. So that's an extreme example of that. We talked about the importance of getting good pulpal protection, a good dentinal seal, reducing the stress. All these are really important factors. How is that affecting full mouth reconstruction? So what's fascinating to me is that dentists believe that the crown, a crown is the easiest thing to do in the world. And a crown is a pretty easy thing to do but you knew you need to have some resistance form in that crown and that crown prep and so the easiest thing to do to gain that resistance form is to dentinal bond that prep rebuild it with composite and then create your ideal crown prep and so dentinal bonding the other thing that it does is when that temporary comes off 
there's very little, if any, discomfort because the tooth is totally sealed. Also, when patients come in and they need a full mouth reconstruction, I laugh to myself when I look back at some of the cases I did 30 years ago and they're still coming into my office, porcelain fused to metal, cemented on with Duralon. And Dr. Klein, you're old enough to remember Duralon. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So I graduated in 78. You had three choices to cement, ZOE, zinc phosphate, or Duralon. Right. Right. Correct. <laughs> yep. Yep. Zinc, so, zinc, phosphate, zinc phosphate worked for decades very well, very well. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing how well zinc phosphate. I mean, I still see gold inlays and onlays were done that, that somehow they seem to be working. Why are they working? They're working because there's a seal there because the the gold was done meticulously. To go back to this, what I say is if you can do a composite correctly, you can do a full mouth reconstruction. Many times when patients come in for full mouth recons, we rebuild them in composite to reestablish their anterior guidance, to reestablish their vertical, to make sure they're comfortable. Um, a very good friend of mine, uh, Gerald Benjamin, up in Saratoga, he and I have talked about this many times, that we're testing the occlusion for these patients and doing it in cosmetic and doing it in cosmetic restorations that are composite. Then we can go back and we can create ideal crown forms. And quite frankly, when I do a veneer case and someone has um, multiple class fives or you know, interproximal uh, composites or decay, those teeth are restored first before my veneers are done. It's been very interesting, very, very interesting to talk to you, Dr. Hoos, about the methodology and, and going back 35 years of practice or something like that, uh, that you had this experience. 41. 41. Let's not cut you short on that. Yeah, sorry about that. 41. I'm trying to be okay. nice in one. I'm trying to be nice in one way, but I'm cutting you short in another way. Um, so to sum up everything, I, I think the main point here is that if you don't have a good underlying foundation of composite that we feel comfortable with uh, as far as seal, stress, and so forth, we're going to start to see failures that come out of this uh, in spite of the crown. You know, the crown could be great, but if what's underneath is not doing its job, we're certainly compromising the full mouth reconstruction. And you seem to be a Curare person. What made you choose Curare and and these products like Clearfill, Universal, Bond, Quick? Um, And then as far as the composite, I know you mentioned Majesty ES2 is the universal. You haven't talked about cements yet, but I know Panavia is a big, Panavia SA is a big. Sure. Panavia is my go-to cement. I will tell you that um, I did a repair and a cementation for one of the Curari managers um, many years ago, and we laugh that it's still in place. Nothing is more exciting than to have to cut off a porcelain fused to metal crown that's cemented on with Panavia where you have true dental bonding. It is, again, going back to balance in the art, science, and business of dentistry. I don't want to redo dentistry. It's too expensive. Carl Misch, may rest in peace, said, if you have a 50% success rate in your implants, you better get out of the implant business because you're losing money. I don't want my restorations to come off. I don't want them to break, and I want them to stand up. And so what's happened through the process of elimination and being, quite frankly, introduced by Bertolotti, Curari has been my go-to product. 
Yeah. Because I know that all of the chemistry is compatible. I'll give you a very quick example of that. Someone breaks off their front tooth, they had a posting core, the posting core comes out. One of the things I want to make sure that I'm going to do is I'm going to use teeth mate inside the tooth, which is a Carrari product, so I can get better dentinal bonding inside the tooth. I'm going to use Panavia cement, and I'm going to use photocore buildup because I know that all those products are compatible chemistry-wise, and they will not only they will not only mechanically bond together, but they will chemically bond together because I want a chemical adhesion as well as, as mechanics. Mm-hmm. So I'm counting on the chemistry to be my friend, and that's why I'm that's why I'm a, a Curari guy. Yeah, yeah, and there's no question. There's something to be said for staying within a system. You could even troubleshoot issues if if you run into them by staying in a system that you believe in, rather than mixing and matching, because then you kind of lose where you are as far as what's the incompatibility, like you said, and where am I going wrong. So um, it's very it's very critical to understand that there are people that talk about core te- core buildup techniques and they're using two different systems. And so all they're getting really is mechanical retention. I don't want mechanical retention. I want mechanical and chemical retention. No, no, that's a great point. If your preparation is ideal, I mean, literally perfect with, like you mentioned, resistance and I don't know how many millimeters uh, would be considered an ideal crown prep, minimally, whatever, four uh, or more, and as vertical as possible, then looting probably would hold up very well like it has in the past with the zinc phosphate cement, which was strictly mechanical. Correct. When I was in dental school and afterwards, and we were using hand instruments to fix the cable surface margins, or I had to do gold foils in dental school. If your preparation was not correct, the gold foil is not going to stay. Inlays, same thing. I actually feel sorry for young dentists who have not had the opportunity to be able to have that great experience ensuring great dentistry under magnification. And I will say, if you're not using magnification in your dentistry, then you have no idea what you're seeing. You have to use magnification. No, I think the real lesson here is is that you really have to focus. A clinician has to focus on the underlying buildup or the composite that's sitting below that crown in full mouth reconstruction. And you want to make that as ideal as possible. And then the crown will take care of itself, obviously. But you can't rely on the lab to fill in all the blanks if your preparation is not prepared properly and it's not sealed. You know, you can't rely just on the looting agent in that case. So putting all these, you, you've eliminated a lot of things that could go wrong by using your very stringent techniques that uh, you've developed. And you also you. have to make sure you need to slow down. You need to slow down to ensure that when somebody says you need to apply your bonding agent for whatever number you want to think, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, think about this for a second. Mississippi 1, Mississippi 2. Mississippi three, Mississippi four, Mississippi five. It's like a lifetime. (laughs) So while you're doing that, use some of your verbal skills and speak to the patient while you're doing this. One of the things I learned a long time ago from an elderly dentist, patients have no idea what you're doing unless you tell them. 
Patients have no idea what you're doing unless you tell them. So don't keep it a secret. I'm now applying an I'm now applying an agent to your tooth so we can get the best possible bond for you, Mrs. Smith. Tell your patients what you're doing and they will appreciate what you're doing. Don't keep it a secret. If you want a patient to hear something, tell your dental assistant. What happens is the patient is lying there with their mouth open in a very vulnerable position. And when you say to your dental assistant, Tammy, do you see that crack on the backside of that tooth? Guess who really hears that? The patient. Yeah, all good stuff. I think uh, you probably can go on 10 more hours and cover a million more important (laughs) things that we all need to know. I mean, again, 41 years of experience. We're trying to do this in 20 minutes. And I'll give a little pitch. Um, If you're on Facebook, I want you to go out to a site that I have called Dental Insights. And I'm always putting the information out there about Curare products and other things we're doing. So it's called Dental Insights um, on Facebook. I hope to see some of you there. Remember, it's all about the balance, the art, science, and business of dentistry. That's what it's all about. Thank you very much, Dr. Hoos. We appreciate your insight and uh, hope to have you on another podcast soon. Have a great day. Have a great weekend, Phil.